not this week's show. I just want to start from the outset to say that any decision we make today may change tomorrow. This situation is fluid and is changing by the hour. We'll continue to take the best of expert advice, including what we have done to date, and that is the government and chief medical officers' um, information, and we've always acted on that advice. All decisions that we will make will have the safety and the health of our players as the paramount consideration. That also includes our staff and any other person involved in our great game. In this regard, we're leaving every option available to us on the table. Because it's changing so quickly, we would be silly to go one direction. So we are going to review all options, including isolating players, including uh, suspending the season. In order to have the best expert advice, we have commissioned a biosecurity expert. We've also commissioned a pandemic expert. We need to have the best available information to us to make the best decisions. We are going to act in accordance with that advice. In the interim, we will continue round two. At this stage, um, we will play round two and assess the situation. It gives us that time to consider the biosecurity expert advice, the pandemic advice. It gives us time to consult our players, our staff and all the, all the other participants in our game. I give a commitment that we'll, we will listen and be agile and move in any direction that's necessary to save our game. I can't stress enough that our game has never faced a challenge like this. The longer it takes, the more pressure on our financial viability. It could have catastrophic effects on us moving forward. Our money will only last so long and once it's extinguished, we are in big trouble. And I'll leave you with this. An Australia without rugby league is not Australia. The government has to assist us in this crisis because it's not of our own doing. Um, rugby league has been a fabric of our society for hundreds of years. It's people's escape, it's people's relaxation and we need to do everything in order to continue that great uh, tradition of rugby league. And again, I'd echo those remarks. The game's never faced anything like this, but one thing we will do, and again, I've just jumped off a call with all 16 club CEOs, what we'll do, we'll do together. G'day everyone, welcome to episode 203 of Not The Footy Show. It's Warwick Nicholson in one seat and that's Mr Rob Cox finally back on the show after a enforced hiatus uh, during the season predictions episode uh, on Wednesday. Mr Rob Cox, welcome to Not The Footy Show. Y you made it back. Mate, thanks for having me back. Thanks for letting me back on. I know uh, you have been making me uh, sit on the sidelines for the moment because I haven't bought you your dinner yet, but uh, <laughs> I will buy the dinner and hopefully I'll be back to a fully-fledged Member. Well, the good news is the Raiders are already two points clear of the Dragons, so you know you're already owing me two lots of dinner. Um, it's not looking positive for your Dragons, mate. We're going to talk about football. We unfortunately have to talk about uh, the impact of the coronavirus on where rugby league sits. Uh, we've finished round one. 
it's Sunday night. It's quite a miracle in some respects that we even got a full round of rugby league in. You were at three of the games. Uh, everybody, we're going to talk. Initially, we have to talk about um, the corona impact and, and what it means for rugby league. Then we will promise that we will talk football uh, out of round one. It may be the only football that we get for a while. So we want to make sure we give that plenty of airtime. Uh, we'll go into a bit of news that you didn't know about uh, in the pre-chat, mate, which was about Raymond Hadley uh, no longer being on a certain TV show or TV channel. And uh, we will uh, come back at the end of the show and we will wrap up what we think about the uh, Simply Best campaigns from Fox and the NRL. So that's what's ahead in episode 203. Glad you're with us. And uh, hopefully uh, this is the first of many in uh, 2020. Question, are you wearing Knight's pyjamas? <laughs> it's a Knight's, just a training top. Looks like pajamas. No, no. It's okay. Like a train, like a running top thing. Ten bucks. Mm-hmm. ISC. Wow. Because they've changed yeah. um provider. They're now at O'Neill's or uh, something. Okay. You're looking very relaxed there, Coxman. Uh, half asleep, mate. <laughs> Bodes well for break the podcast. The, break the master will do that to you when you're watching uh, a show on Fox with break the Uh Faith and Grace. Okay, we're back. It's the first segment of Not The Footy Show 203. Rob Cox is talking to me, Warwick Nicholson, and we are unfortunately covering off the impact of the coronavirus on rugby league. Now, Cox Smith, we know the impact that it's having around the world and those things we're not going to try and even remotely give a, a viewpoint on. But we are going to talk about where rugby league is right now. And I guess we've heard a lot in the last 24 hours from the NRL. There was a press conference this morning with Volandis and Greenberg. What's your take on effectively uh, the NRL saying that the competition will continue providing there's no major changes in the next hour, 24 hours a week? What's what's your take on, on where the game sits right now? Uh, well, first of all, I think you've got to look at a little bit of the language that, that uh, you know, um, that was used, you know, uh, as far as um, if anything changes. And all that means is if a player comes forward or, or a prominent official comes forward as being infected yeah. um, with the coronavirus. Um, mate, I, I, look, I, I, I guess I guess the game also, you've got to look at why they want to um, they, they want to keep playing games when nearly every other major sport in the world has stopped. Um, now we're in a slightly different situation here. We've got a, a very um, low level of infection in Australia at the moment. We're in the bottom 50% of the world as far as infections go per capita. Um, but I, I think main, the main reason is the NRL needs to keep playing games to, to fulfil contracts uh, at Channel 9 um, and Fox and also to keep some money rolling in. Um, I, that, that's, that's what it appears to be to me. Um, you know, so I, I, that's, that's my takeaway from it. What about yours? Look, they've done the, the right thing, I think, in regards to trying to be positive um, and give the impression that uh, they can keep the show going. But the fact is, the moment there is one player or official or ball boy or, or, or probably more a player and official who has tested positive, this game is stopping and it's stopping with a major um, pull of the handbrake. I know that uh, Super League in the UK is trying to continue, A-League's trying to continue, Super Rugby's trying to continue. Now there's the borders issues with uh, Australia and New Zealand basically closing borders uh, in regards to having to enforce quarantines and the like. 
I know the NRL played the we're in key part of the economy uh, card today and they've asked for money from the government to help that and they've basically said if we don't continue, clubs are stuffed, we're stuffed, etc. But the fact is when the NBA does it, the NHL does it, NFL is stopping their, their team officials from even meeting and they've got the drafts coming up and all that kind of stuff. We are a game... And I think Australia really follows what the world does, and that's just the way it is. Not it's not a criticism; mm. it's just the way we do things. Yeah, we are going to be pulling up stumps really quickly. And Cam Smith put it today after he, after he played his game, mind you, um, and said we should take a month off. You, I don't disagree with what he's saying, um, but I I do. What's the word? I appreciate what the NL is trying to do. They they're trying to to keep some normalcy going um obviously there's a bottom line to consider and there's the fact that you now let's be honest there's there's the, the competitions that are continuing don't mind still being in the spotlight um i just think that we're one we're one case from it being you know all this goodwill they're trying to put out there just being shut down and so is the game yeah look there's definitely um there's definitely a case for um you know taking your hat off to the NRL and saying, yep, we're going to keep going. You know, they definitely want to keep going as an organisation to to obviously fulfil what they need to, but also to offer something to the Australian public. Mm. Um, you know, there's, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's Aussie, isn't it, to go home on a Friday night and possibly crack open a beverage and sit on the couch, eat yeah. some pizza and watch the footy. Um, also, going to the footy is a pretty good thing too. But I, I, I guess... It's a, it's a it's a strange situation, mate. You know, I was at three games on the weekend. Mm. Um, I was at the season opening game um, with Parramatta and Canterbury, and and it, and it feels weird. It, it it maybe it's just because you know that there's something looming. Possibly, um, it doesn't feel like a settled in competition the way it normally does from round one onwards. You know, it feels like there could be something on the horizon. Um, I'd like to think that the NRL are doing the right thing. I think they're doing the right thing. I, you know, I, I I think the big test will be if a player tests positive in the next month um, because what that, what that would mean possibly is that not only his own team but the teams that they've played in the probably the two previous and the probably could, could affect up to four teams. Yeah. Um, and, and look, let's be honest, a lot of footy players these days um, – hang out with mates from other teams um, yeah. during the week even, you know. Some of them live with each other yeah. from other teams. So, you know, um, it, it possibly is only a matter of time. I really hope that it doesn't affect the season too much, but um, but common sense says it probably will. Mm. Um, I think I think the NRL... I think the NRL is really, really reluctant to, to halt games... Um, because that just, you know, that that maybe sends another uh, wave of panic through people, um, and also it's straight up and down. You know, it's it's a it's a money thing. It's the game must go on until it can't. Yes, you know, yes. Well, and then it will stop. What, what did you make of the uh, the plea by Volandis to the government to help them out because of the impact they have socially and economically? What did you make of? Have his play. Oh, look, I, I, I don't know. I uh, 
there's part of me that thinks to myself, well, you know what, there's there's other people that may need that money a lot more. Yeah. Um, and and then there's a part of me that you know tips my hat to Peter Volandis and says, well played. He, he did pretty much the same thing with the with the government. He he, uh, he lobbied the government when the equine in, yep. influenza thing went through racing. Um, so it's uh, probably a for want of a better term. After a weekend of shooting football, I'm very tired. It's probably an old trick that he's using. Yeah. You know, it's a it's a it's a, a maneuver that has worked before, uh, and he's got to do his best for the sport. I mean, that's what he's charged with doing. You know, I mean, he's. Um, but there will be people out there that say, "Hey, you know, there's people in a lot more need than than you know a, a footy organisation or a sporting organisation where the players get paid very well, mm. uh, mostly." So. Um, yeah, I, I mean, it'd be hard to see it getting across the line, but, um, you know, he's got to do what he's, yeah, he's, he's there to do. He's taking a punt and, and see how it's received, I guess. So you've hit on a touch and note there where, you know, people are going to react and say spend it on hospitals, et cetera, et cetera. But I think that is something that really became evident as we were hitting. We got through the Thursday night game and we're heading into Townsville opening a new stadium, uh, Canberra obviously having a home game against the Titans and... It was interesting seeing in those few hours, and we actually spoke um, during the day as that was happening. I think you were heading down to Canberra later that day. But um, mm. the the challenge that the NRL faced then and sport faced then was do you take the preemptive step and cancel all the games and the impact that it might have or, or do you not? And what's fascinating about uh, the decision to play next week's games behind closed doors mm is people were always going to go, well, if you cancel it, well, how do I put this? Um, you're gonna, No matter what you did, you're always going to cop it from someone. Sure. And that's the way that, that, that social commentary works now. I guess what really surprised me in that they announced that games would go ahead without crowds next week when there were still games this week to be played. <laughs> that's, the, that's the one area that I just struggle to get my head around is if it's such and it, this has nothing to do really with what um, the government announced around it being Monday etc and I understand the logistics behind that but this was just it was strange because let's take the the North Queensland example if you're saying that you're worried about it spreading through the game as of Thursday week how would be sending all these people up to Townsville to cover the game, to be part of producing the game, coming from areas that may or may not have this virus already? That's the thing that I can't get past in that you're not really taking every precaution like you say you're about to. I, don't, I didn't understand how the games could go ahead with crowds this weekend if they were going to shut them down next weekend. I'm not saying that it reduces the chances. Oh, I don't know. I just... I just it, I'm, 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 what's the word? I'm speechless in some respects. I don't understand what the difference is. I don't know. Can you help me? I guess. Well, I guess my thing, and I think I said it to you the other day, is um, how can it be too dangerous to have crowds on Monday, but it's not too dangerous to have crowds on Thursday? Mm. Uh, I would have thought that the, the line in the sand should have been drawn there and then, um, uh, which would have been, you know, people were on their way to games, people, you know, so it would have been, terribly distressing I guess for some people that they couldn't go to the games that they'd already bought tickets to and mm. that 
all sorts of things. But I think when there's something like this, uh, look, I'm sure that there's somebody smarter than me that can, can answer and, and say, well, you know, they drew the line in the sand on Thursday for Monday because of blah, blah, blah. But in my simpleton mind, it just doesn't make sense. You know, we know that there's a, a pandemic and a, you know, national, what did, what did Trump say? A national emergency. Those two strong words mm. is what, what the USA president said. And pandemic's um, a really strong word because of the insurance implications that come with that. Sure. Um, so, yeah, I mean, look, it, it, it's such a, it's such a polarizing thing. This though was it's a. I've, I follow a lot of different kind of people on social media, mm-hmm. and there's a, there's some that are saying, you know, lock yourself away and social distance distance yourself socially from lots of people. You know, this is the worst thing to ever go around. Blah blah blah. And then there's other people who, are, you know, start pulling statistics out, saying, you know, well, you know what, influenza kills three or four hundred thousand yeah. people a year nationally anyway, uh, uh, worldwide anyway. Um, so. This is another one of those um, kind of diseases. Uh, so yeah, I don't, mate, I'm not too sure. All I know is is that it's not a great. It's another, you know, rocky start to an NRL uh, season with bits and pieces that have gone on, you know, uh, in other seasons gone by, and a little bit in this season. Uh, this is probably the biggest one. This is the one yeah. that could. Uh, stop a competition and there's not too many things that can stop a competition um, so we i guess we'll wait with bated breath mate yeah and uh what is i guess a good indication of, of the impact it's had is that the incident that happened um on thursday has pretty much been forgotten for the moment um in regards to the bulldogs uh i want to pivot just to the warriors quickly they're in a unique situation where they're the only team outside of australia playing in the competition and they've been basically rerouted to the Gold Coast uh, for this weekend to play the Raiders. They were supposed to play them at Eden Park as, as part of a massive doubleheader involving uh, the Auckland Blues as well. I really feel for the Warriors players because they are effectively taking one for the team here. Uh, they've already said, I think it's emerged tonight, that they're not going to stick around for the 16 days that Greenberg suggested to them last night. They want to go home after they play the Raiders. We know we've already touched on the fact that the likelihood of there being competition after this next weekend's minimal. But if you're a Warriors player, do you agree to sticking around and playing this game or do you just go home and want to be with your family? Well, two didn't. Two left. Um, Peter Hiku and... Patrick Herbert, I think it was. Patrick Herbert left because they've got one child coming in Hiku's case and one child a couple of weeks old in mm. Patrick Herbert's case. So I think it depends on your circumstances, mate. I, I mean, hats off to the Warriors. Uh, if they had have gone home, the competition is finished. Yep. Uh, for, well, for at least a few weeks. Um, so, you know, hats off to them. But I don't know what's going to change after next week. If they're going to go home after the Raiders game, then is that what you, is yeah, they're playing that's, the Raiders? Yeah, that's what the players have said. Well, the, the, the report is that they've said they're not sticking around beyond that time. Okay, so uh, the, the Raiders game is when next week? That's Saturday. Okay, and they're playing their home game at Gold Coast Stadium. Yes. Right. Um, yeah, look, I think um, with New Zealand, I've got a two-week um, two-week uh, isolation uh, uh, enforcement. Yeah, which is I what think. Herbert and um, Hiku are avoiding by going home. So, they're, so, they're, so, so uh, 
what they're not going to be able to play. If they play this weekend, they're not going to be able to play next weekend. Correct. Well, okay. yeah, there's no way there's no way a team can fly in there anyway if they've got to play in. That's I think right. their game so, after is actually back in Australia, but they're basically yeah. saying, look, this is ridiculous. We haven't prepared, been in it, and, and mentally as well. You basically, there's, there's an element of the stress that it puts you on your family, but there's also a competitive aspect to it for the Warriors. Sure. Um, sure. Which is, are we giving up three games to start the year? Yeah. So so I guess what that's saying to, to just, you know, to forecast it a little bit is that round two will be played unless someone comes up yep. testing positive. Round three will be done. Yeah. Because okay. if, if, unless New Zealand just totally relaxes their, um, you know, their immigration laws uh, due to their quarantine on their immigration laws, um, because as it stands today, uh, 14 days, anyone who comes in. Um, and does 14 have... 14 days have to go from tomorrow to be the end of that being enforced. Does it start, you know, there's a lot well, of things. I don't that... think it matters, mate, because either way, when they go home, they're going to have to play within five or six days Correct. to keep round to keep round three going. So, uh, yeah, that, that's if you, if you look at it that way, unless the NRL can convince them to hang around in Australia indefinitely, uh, which would be very, very hard. A lot of those young men have married and got significant others. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, so that's probably where the road will end. It is. I think that's really the long-term view uh, that we have here in regards to, to where the competition's at. We would love rugby league to continue because we love watching it. Um, people love going, like love, love the fact that it exists and it's part of their daily lives, their weekly lives. Some people, that is their high point of their week. Um, but the fact is, unless there is a real halt on how this thing is spreading and how it's being um, registered amongst populations we're going to see it it's going to claim rugby league there's i don't think there's any doubt about that and and that's probably not the worst thing in the world cocksmith i think we've got a it people keep saying it's about health and it is it's but it's to me it's about the people that you're amongst in this period of time that's that you've got to really have your mindset about um because it's been basically said that if you're around people that have uh, issues or uh, health problems, then that's where the danger really lies. Mm. And we know that players have families, they have kids, they have friends of kids, they have grandparents, all the rest of it. So the truth is, long-term view is, unless there is a... Honestly, it's unless there's a bit of a miracle, really, um, we're going to see the end of, 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 of that organised sport um, and organised gatherings beyond this 500 number that was given in Australia. Um, and, and what I was having this discussion with someone yesterday, um, where we might have all this panic buying and all the rest of it. The issue is going to be when those places that are producing these goods shut down, Mm. that's when there's going to be an issue. And, and as I said, I'll be honest, as a Christian, I'm praying that we don't have that issue, um, that something, um, comes through, um, hopefully and, and, and puts a bit of a stop to where this is going. Well, mate, you don't need to pray for me too much because at last count, I think I've got about 96 rolls of, uh, of bog paper here, so I'm good. Yeah, I bought I bought uh, 36 the day before I left to go fishing and uh, yeah. that was turned out to be the greatest purchase of my life. Uh, yeah. That's the segment on coronavirus, kids. Um, we did our best to try and wade through it and hopefully uh, people come out on the other side. Um, we don't really want to see this stick around for too much longer. We will talk about rugby league itself after the break here on the footy show. Not the footy show. Can't believe you're wearing knight's pajamas, mate. They're not pajamas. Looks like it.
Okay, it's time to talk about rugby league. We've had one round, Cork Smith. The Hold new... on, did you say rugby league or I, rugby league? I may have said rugby. I, I definitely said league. I'm not sure about yeah. the first one. There may have been an A in there instead of a Y. I don't know. An Australia without rugby league is not Australia. What I will say about that, and in uh, Valandi's defence, it was a. It seemed like a fairly from the heart comment that he made as he was as he was uh, describing our great game. Uh, but it does show you that no matter who everybody says should be the commissioner of uh, the ARLC, they are going to butcher something very short into their term. <laughs> it's just it comes with the territory, unfortunately. And I think, I think it's just his little accent kind of thing, mate. I think it's just the the twang that he's got in his voice. I did well. find one comment I saw on Twitter, just one of those things where you can see people just clutching, and they said, "Oh, oh, yeah, as if rugby league's being watched for hundreds of years." Okay, well, 1908 to 2008 to 100 years, yeah? Mm. Am I right? Yeah. My maths are good. And then there's been about 11 years since then. Does that mean we're in the mm. second 100 yeah. years? So that would be yeah. hundreds? Yeah? Well, no, no. I, I would have said hundreds is multiples of 100. Well, isn't... If isn't... I give you... If, hold on. If I give you hundreds of dollars and I hand over 111, you'd be... Yeah, I say to you, hey, man, I'm going to give you hundreds. But it's in the second hundreds. No, no, you're reaching, bro. <laughs> you're reaching. That's what I'm saying. I thought they reached as well. And I think if you're focusing on that comment as opposed to the rugby, you've really got yep. problems. Anyway, speaking of the rugby, um, standouts and disappointments from round number one, Cocksmith. Uh, I'm wearing a night's set of pyjamas, apparently, you claim. I thought it was mm. athletic apparel from um, their former manufacturer that cost me 10 bucks. But uh, the Newcastle Knights are head of the head of the game, mate. If the competition ended today, they would take out the minor premiers premiership, mate, because yep. they beat the Warriors twenty nil in a rainy day. It's the one game I didn't see live this weekend. I was too busy getting rained out of a cricket semi final. Thanks very much. Um, and that's pretty much all I want to talk about the Knights because I didn't see it. But they lead the competition, so let's focus on the games that we actually saw. Um, yep. And I'm going to start with the, the, the big performance of the weekend, and there were some really good ones. But Payne Haas, mate, how, yeah. how good is he? I think he's as good as he wants to be, mate. I, I think there's no limit to it. I think uh, he's a freak, you know. And, um, and Dave Fafita's not far behind either. Fafita's Just... run was, was phenomenal, but um, he has that ability. He's that sort of, he'll come into the game when it's sort of, opens up for him but Haas just mm. makes things happen I was mm. having this discussion with my flatmate and I think he's the best sheer forward talent we've seen since Sonny Bill I don't think is that is that am I am I pulling no, pushing I, too many no, players no, aside there or not no I don't think so mate I, I think I think I think if there's a few places on the park that Brisbane have got some very exciting players I think uh, you know, last year I, I mentioned the name Katoni Staggs for mm. State of Origin, and, and I think you may have nearly choked on your kebab that you were eating at the time. Oh, but, I'm hungry. Sorry, <laughs> but but uh, uh, he's he could very well be a future Origin player. Um, he's he's tough. He's strong. He's fast. He's got everything. Payne Haas is a freak. Uh, Fafita, um, Tavita Pengod Junior did something dumb, but yeah. um, but. Look, uh, yeah, to go back to Haas, he's very exciting, mate. He's fast. He's fast. He's strong. He's, he can you know, he can step. 
Um, he's got a bit of everything. I mean, I was I rolled my eyes when he made the Origin side last year. Mm-hmm. I'll be honest. I was like, wow, now the I can't believe this. But I think going on, on what we saw the other night, he's improved again. You know, and he's he, a walk he up plays big minutes, like long minutes. Uh, yep. There is a lot to like about Payne Haas. And the Broncos, look, they came up against a, a Cowboys team which was disappointing and, and Phil Gould blasted them from about the 25th minute mark onwards and just didn't shut up about how bad they're going to be. And I'll, I'll give him credit. He tells it like it is, I think, uh, Gus. And by the end of the game, I was actually thinking to myself, why did I have them in seventh? Um, mm. The concern I have for the Cowboys is that who else do they pick? Well, that that's what Gus looks at. So he got, uh, as everyone knows, I'm a... Uh, an unashamed Gus fan, but I think the way he looks at things is, is he looks at it not just on who their seventeen are, but he he knows what their roster is. Yeah. He knows what their top twenty nine or thirty are, and uh, he knows what they've got to come. And so, and he knows there ain't much hope. Mm. You know. Valheim's actually didn't play too badly, uh, but yeah, it's it's a worry. They've got to move on from from Jake Granville, but at hooker and give that Robson a go. As far as I'm concerned, but that's not going to be the difference maker. They've got to. They've got to find some starch defensively because that was the big thing that stood out in that game. When the Broncos found some possession and started putting the foot down, the Cowboys just couldn't stop them. And mm. the Broncos, as we recall, didn't exactly trouble the scorers in the finals last year. No. The next game I want to focus on, and I think we're just going to fast forward through Thursday night. I know you were there. Um, well, 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 let's go back. Let, you, oh. you would be, yeah, yeah, weren't you saying Parramatta were favourites to win the comp? Oh, please. Mate, I don't have a Parramatta pyjamas on. Did you say that? Um, no, I said they'd finish You said third. something outlandish. I said they'd finish Mate. third. Wow. Look, the the Bulldogs weren't great. Uh, Parramatta wasn't great either. And the reason why the Bulldogs lost is because they don't have a halfback. <laughs> well, they haven't, got a, they haven't got a playmaker. That's probably That's what I mean. There's, there's no playmaker there. I mean, not taking nothing away from Lewis and, and uh, Wakeham. They were all right. Um, they in, they in were the, all right, but the, they just didn't... Yeah. They, they need that spark, you know, that kind of... Uh, Parramatta still won. They got the two points, you know. That's all. I guess that's all that counts. But I don't know if everything's going to be as rosy if you know, this competition goes ahead in mm. whichever way it does, whether it be a reduced comp or at a later date. Uh, I don't think it's going to be as rosy as Parramatta fans have uh, been dreaming of over the off-season. Well, the only reason they scored a try in that match was they got the first repeat set of the second half. Yep. And that yep. was from a freakish kick from in the infield by Ferguson that the front row forward had to field for Canterbury, which admittedly, yep. at least he was there uh, and went dead. And then they got a deflection and they scored. So, look, Para, um, what I will say about that is at least the crowd was decent in that game. That is something yep. that I am surprised, even with the concerns about the virus, etc. the crowds this weekend when there was basically shown to people there will not be football beyond this weekend, were really low, uh, mm. which surprised me. Um, Given... People are scared, mate, and, and some of the weather wasn't great mm. either. You know, I was still a bit surprised. But Eels, yeah, look, they've got some players, but Bulldogs, they just don't have the troops. They don't have the talent. Um, they've got they've got the will. I thought they, as you say, they they really hung in there. And I know Dean Pay was extremely um, proud of their performance. But if you keep a oh, team, yeah. keep a team to eight points and you only score two, mm. it's going to be a bit of a, a long season in that regard. Um, going to a team I know you like I know you've got a bit of a, a soft spot for uh, the Penny Panthers mate oh yeah uh, 
Down 12 0, kick hours on the bench, everyone's saying, Ivan Cleary, what are you doing? And then the um the Roosters score two points thereafter and lose the game thanks to a Penny Panthers comeback. You were there, what'd you think? Look, uh, I think, you know, since you and I have known each other, you know I've been a big rap on, on Nathan Cleary. Yep. I still am. Uh and he's a big reason why they won the other night. You know, diving on loose balls, um, making, you know, cover tackles, having a cool head, kicking four from four, set up at least one try. Yeah. Um, and it's what you expect your halfback to do. He, he, he's, uh, I think he's, you know, it's hard to tell after one game, but it looks like he's going to own that team now, um, which is probably what he's been rehearsing for for the last couple of years. Um and look, they'll have their they'll have their bumps yeah. along the way. Um, but I was very impressed, mate. And I think um, you know the Roosters are hard to beat on any day. Uh, they're they're a good football side, and with a new halves combination as well that didn't quite click as much as as the Panthers did. Um, but geez, kick out's hard to stop from not far out, isn't he? I mean, Teddy tried. He's a monster. Teddy certainly tried, and he was injured at the start of the game. <laughs> when he came on, he went, oh, it's the end of him, and then he came back and yeah, um, yeah. was a force. You yeah, said look, about, I, was, yeah. I, was, I was very impressed with him, mate. Though. It was a, it was a come, come from behind on the Roosters, um, and it's not something that teams do every week, you know. So. Yeah, they, they did a very good job. I think it was more field position than anything, but the only times you noticed Tedesco was on kick returns. Which is yep. really rare, really rare. Yep. Uh, and Kiri probably, I mean, I'd have to watch it again to be categorical in what I'm about to say, but he seemed like he didn't try, didn't didn't get an over, ever get an opportunity to take the game over, um, and that could have something to do with that, as you say, that mix with Flanagan, uh, because one of the great things that Kronk allowed Kiri to do was pick his moments to really inject himself. Um, yeah. Uh, but the thing that, and I want to ask you because you were there, TV can can sometimes show you more than what you think you're seeing. Does Nathan Cleary look twice the size that he was last year? No, no. I think he's a little bit bigger, mate. But if it's any more than three or four kilos, um, then, yeah, the TV's lying to you. But, but he did look like that boy. I mean, everyone forgets he came in at 18 years old. Um, yeah. As you say, like he's had to wait his turn. But I think that's been a good thing. That, that James Maloney apprenticeship that he's played, I think, has been a a good thing for him. It hasn't delivered the premiership that the Panthers may have hoped they'd get when Jimmy was there. Um, but the benefit for Nathan Cleary is huge. Uh, let's go to another team that played on Saturday night, South Sydney. Now, my big concern for South coming in wasn't their 1-13. It was what kind of reinforcements they had. Their yep. forward pack really did a number on Cronulla. Um, you probably didn't see it because you were probably travelling. I, I, no, I saw some highlights of it this morning. They were they were really impressive, Souths. Uh, mm. Burgess and Totola, who were the starting props for Souths, but they were just huge. Cook didn't have a massive game, which is yeah. what you'd expect them to be for be them to be really strong this year. He has to be great every week. They, yeah. they didn't get a lot out of Mitchell. Um, Adam Reynolds they played really well. Their their um, backs did a good job. Cronulla look like they have basically one play and or well, two plays. The first play is they're going to play through their front row all the time. Um, Woods, I thought, played okay. Feeder was good and bad. But until they gave Sean Johnson the green light to play some football, they weren't in that match. And then they gave him the ball and 
he woke up and did the kind of things that we know he's capable of. Yeah, it's going to be very interesting to see what John Morris does with that team because what I think they have to do is is play. You know, I love the term play footy, but they've got to get away from what they've done for a number of years, which is that we're going to compete and hold teams in the middle and grind them away and the Flanagan sort of approach. Yeah. They need to let the talent in that team do as much as it can. And I like the fact they picked Katoa and they picked Mulatalo um, ahead of some um, regulars. They're losing yeah. Josh Morris um, in a couple of weeks. The future's not too bad for Cronulla, I think, if they go in the direction of play some football. And they've got a guy like Wade Graham, who I think is that kind of player um, yeah. in the front row, but in the, in the back row, sorry. But they found really hard to, to play with South in the power game. And it wasn't until they, they opened things up that they looked half decent. But I've got to give South credit. They were really, really strong. Yeah. Look, from the bits and pieces I saw, I mean, I saw some really nice attack from... Again, I saw highlights. Mm. But I saw some nice attack from Cronulla. Um, especially, the, you know, on, on, at the beginning of that... Um, well, a couple of Katoa tries, wasn't there? Yeah, the um, Johnson ones. Yeah, passes. Yeah, and, and nice, nice play. You know, um, not seeing the whole game is obviously abbreviated my my opinion on it a little bit. But um, South did look strong, mate. They they looked like that they could uh, march through the middle a little little bit. And um, uh, yeah, Cronulla looked like that. Look, there was only four points in it ultimately in the end. Um, but. Um, yeah, I think Cronulla got a little bit of work to do in their game planning and and you know letting their letting their players have a little bit more license on what what to do. You know, and I like Blake Braley. I think he is very much um, a player that you go. He's got real talent around the ruck there, and I think that's where if you're feeding Johnson the ball more often than not, that makes his little trick plays a little bit more dangerous around the ruck sure. rather than just playing up through Woods and Fafita and Ueli and. Williams and co. Um, two teams that I thought played to the standard that we, A, we thought they might go to or they, they could be capable of this year. And one team that we keep saying, oh, they'll just drop off this year because everyone's 98 years old, namely Cameron Smith. Canberra, I thought, were really good against um, the Gold Coast. Yes, didn't they put, were. Didn't put them away in regards George to... George Williams this. is impressive, mate. Correct. Very impressive. But that game was never in doubt. Um yeah, there were some soft tries at the start, but Canberra just, they came out playing like the team that finished off last year. Uh, and Melbourne as well. Just, I watched this game having picked Manly because I thought it's at uh, Brookvale. I don't know why I ended up going away from Melbourne because I had them all week and then changed. Um, Melbourne just the well-oiled machine. And at this time of year, if you've, if you're the if you're Ricky Stewart and you're Craig Bellamy, you're looking at those two performances going, this competition has any longevity <laughs> past about round two, three or four, their teams are gonna be sitting five and two or five and one or you know, because they both play the yeah. kind of football that as a coach you'll just be going, Thank you very much, boys. Easy points. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, no, look, they they both will go well if, if this competition keeps going. Um and, and however it ends up, you don't know, you know, with too big a break in the competition, that's something I didn't say before, but with too big a break in the competition, it can really upset momentum for yep. some teams and it might be like starting again. But if all things being equal, I think that Ricky is probably sleeping better, you know, tonight uh, than he was um, possibly, you know, this time a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. So uh, George Williams, mate, very good player. Yeah. Jack White and just picked up where he left off. 
um, you know, uh, and and even you know, like right across the park, they they outshone the Titans. I mean, maybe hey, look, here's an idea, here's mm. a novel idea. If if maybe the Titans and the Warriors can play each other up there for a few weeks in a row, and we can get rid of one of them, maybe. <laughs> You know, maybe play a best of three. merge them together? I don't know if that's going to work. No. I don't know if that's going to work, mate. No. Best of, best of three and whoever loses is out of the comp. <laughs> then we've got a buy situation, mate. That's no good. Um, oh, well. The two players that deserve a shout-out from the Raiders to young fellas. Uh, Emre Gula made an impact when he came on. Yeah, good player. Corey Horsburgh, mate. Yep. That's not a bad effort replacing a guy called John Bateman. And the first yeah. time he played back row in about three years. But he's also got the worst haircut in the comp. And he had what? some challenges in that game. <laughs> There's yeah. a few camera haircuts that were like... Yeah, absolutely. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, Corey's, Corey's a good player. He's a uh, typical redhead, just tough and you know, made of wood, you know. Just a yeah. uh, very hard-boned young fella. Yeah, no, it's it's a good sign for the Raiders to say, I'm very you, impressed with Williams. Do okay. you know anyone that's a Titans fan? Did the Titans have fans? <laughs> um, I believe they do. Um, yeah. I don't know how many there are. But you don't know any? Quickly on the Titans, I will say this. I watched their... their. It's not a hype video when you've won four games a year before or five games a year before. What's the word? <laughs> it's, a, it's a community video, you know, this is what we mean and all that kind of stuff. I will give them credit for one thing. I've talked about this in the podcast before. They acknowledged the mighty Gold Coast Giants slash Seagulls slash Chargers in their video. It's the first time I've seen them acknowledge the fact that they uh, had a team on the Gold Coast before they were the Titans. First was there steps, any little steps. Was there any footage of Cavill Avenue in there? <laughs> no. I don't know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. I seriously don't know what you're yeah. talking about. <laughs> Cavill Avenue is where all the nightclubs are. Oh, right? there you go. I was there. Paradise. Where was I there last? I was there for the Com Games trials. We didn't go down that. You didn't hit the nightclubs? No, no, we didn't. I think hit the kebab stands though. They were quality. Uh, Titans, have we spoken about them? No, we didn't. They just move on from those guys. No. Um, the only other we teams... We didn't talk about Manly either, but I, I didn't see... Again, I, saw, I only saw highlights from the Manly-Melbourne game. Mate. I, I um, tweeted this in the afternoon, uh, about 20 minutes into the game. And let me just bring it up because it's... Um, it's a good than... tweet. You're proud of it? Oh, I'm very proud of it. Uh, <laughs> you still much... use that Twitter thing, do you? I do. Uh, I... Twitter wrong. Okay, at, at about, what was what time the game start? The game started at two o'clock, uh, 4 o'clock at half time. Okay, just mm. before half time, I wrote Melbourne looking like a well oiled machine again. Uh, Manly fighting hard and relying on their brilliant players to do something when the game lets them. That's how yeah. I see those two teams. Yeah. Manly led 4 2, I think. Heading into half time, and young Tommy just never got into the game after half time, and wow. DCE didn't get much of the ball, and Melbourne just just found a way that once the once the tide turned in their favour, Jerome Hughes came up with a couple of great plays for Vunivalu, and mm. and the game was over. I don't think Manly are the premiership threats that Matty Johns and Co thinks, um, because that is my problem with them. I think they've got a real good spirit there and they've got some really good talented players but the 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 way they play I don't think is um, 
going to put them in the top two or anything like that. They're, they'll win. Okay. They'll win a lot of games this year based on that that spirit and and the talent of the Tommies and the DCEs and stuff. But uh, in terms of a premiership rounds, Melbourne looked a lot more uh, yeah. consistent. But you've got get from Manly. You've got Manly in your eight, though, don't you? I got him in sixth. Yeah, so okay. uh, I didn't have him in Fair. top four. Um, but yep. then again, I had Melbourne in five. What am I doing? Yep. To a team that I got in eighth spot, and this is why it annoys me. I, I sat there last week without you and picked my top eight, and I gave the Dangerous. Tigers eight spot, mate. I gave them eight yep. spot. Mm. All week on my website, I said they'll beat, they'll beat the Dragons, they'll beat the Dragons. And then Luke Brooks goes and blows a calf yesterday, and guess what I did? You changed your bet. I changed my tip to the stupid St. George Laura Dragons. Don't what, do that. That's what just, am I doing? That's just crazy talk, mate. I mean, the Dragons have handed me two dinners in a row. Um, so what am I putting hey, I, No, you in? backed them. You backed them and got it wrong, mate. So you so, may owe me a dinner now. I will say this. Uh, Benji Marshall. Do you remember the, the clock a back, few years he? ago when people said, get rid of him? He's hopeless. Well, I, I was probably one of them at St. George. Um Mate, but he he turned the clock back tonight, and and he played. He's you know, great, yeah, unbelievable. You know, like yeah, don't uh, don't ever knock a champion. I no. think they say, and I think because, uh, yeah, don't don't want a player out of the game before his time's up. Because uh, mate, he, the way he played tonight, and you you never know what happens with football players, but the way he played tonight looks like he's got three or four years left in him. Mm. Seriously, I mean, and I'm not I'm not talking it up. I'm, you know, you know, I like the Tigers a bit as well. Yep. Like the Tigers. Panthers and Saints are my kind of, you know, pet clubs. Not in that particular order, but uh, I like the Tigers, and it's always good to see them win. And and uh, no, Benji, mate, um, you know, very different game. But Benji played as good as Jack Whiten did the other night. I thought he played better than Jack White. Jack Whiten was really strong in that first half, and then didn't really mm. stay in the game like Benji did yeah. tonight. Benji was just as you sort of sat there and. And watch them just pile the pressure on the Dragons. He was the reason. Yeah. He, he really was. And that forward pack of theirs looks really mobile and strong. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, uh, Alawai looks like he's bulked up as well, but got somehow leaner at the same time. Twile's a quality player. Um, yeah. They've got... And McKaylee also looked like he... He looked like a first grader tonight. Last couple last year, I didn't think he looked quite as... Promising is what I'd heard he was, um, yeah. and then and they didn't really get much out of Joey Lailua. Luciano was good, um, but the kid I uh, want to give a big rap to, little Kevy, Billy oh, Walters yeah, was Billy. tremendous. He was good. He was very good. Uh, look, I, I think Madge has put some starch into them. You know, it's, it's taken a couple of, well, at least one full season last year and the off season this year, but uh, no, he he's they'll go okay. The, the Tigers this year, yeah. you know, like. I still think they're missing an enforcer, someone that's a, uh, you know, a hard man. Um, I don't know who, who they could get, but you know, it's, I guess someone like a, a Tarek Sims. Now, mm. let's Tarek did come off second best yeah. tonight in the score stakes. He also got put on report, I believe. <laughs> yeah. um, but but that kind of guy that intimidates people. Um, nearly every successful club has one, um, more often than not two, but. The Tigers, I like them. I like the look of them this year. They, they, and I, and I love the way that Benji played. So, and there was no Luke Brooks, and he will make that team better uh, when he comes sure. back. But he could be out for yep. a little bit. Um, yeah, calf. Going to the Saints, mate. Um, as no, much as not. we want to be 
yeah, the disappointing and stuff, but they probably should have won the game. They had two golden opportunities in the last 10 minutes sure. to win that match. Paul Vaughan had a tough pass to take from Ben Hunt, but he's an athletic well, enough big man. He should have taken it. And Frizz threw a, uh, you know, a left-to-right pass that uh, most 14-year-olds can pass fairly easily. I really um, thought Frizz would just take him on. I Yeah, I did too. Oh. He had to take on Corey Thompson, uh, what, six or seven metres out. He'd, and it was almost like he was worried about the kick rather than scoring the try. Like, he, he just backs himself for that corner and he scores. So, yeah. Yeah. look, what was encouraging if you're a Saints fan is that you got a little bit of a sniff at the end because of your playmakers, which was good to see. But uh, And they defended pretty well through that, that sort of 15-minute period where the Tigers had all the ball in the second half. Yeah. But, I don't know, this is what I worried about them. I had them all the way down in, where did I have them? I'm just going to scroll down the page. Probably 12th, did you? I had 13th. I am 13th, yeah. and my concern with the Dragons was that not you look at their 1-13, to 13, you go, it's a pretty good side. But that's the team that finished 14th last year, mm. and they've lost Gareth Wood. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, Zach Lomax wasn't great tonight. Um, I still reckon their best option at fullback is Dufty. That's just my personal opinion, because I think he's is a... Is there something wrong with Dufty? He, he got he injured, did his, didn't he? Didn't he do his jaw or something at um, the nines or Mudgy? something? Oh, my, okay. yeah, but he—I think he is because he just can make something happen out of nothing. And look, he's speedy, and he's involved, and that's probably the biggest um, knock I'll have on Lomax tonight is that he didn't go looking for the ball nearly enough, um, mm. and he got gifted a try. Obviously, the the Corey Thompson uh, mistake. But look, Saints, mate, what's your gut feel on him this year? Not in the top eight. Mm-hmm. Not, yeah, not in the top eight, which which kind of, you know, you look at their team on paper and you think they're a top eight team. Um, but I just saw more of what I saw last year tonight, you know. Um, you know, I guess the, the, the big difference between someone like Parramatta, who I don't really rate that highly either, but and, and that could come back to make me look like a fool, but Parramatta still won. Yeah. They, won an, they won ugly. Um and, and only, you know, really by six points on a very low-scoring game. Uh, Saints, yeah, Saints just can find a way to lose quite a lot. Um, yeah, I'm, I've no faith, unfortunately, because, as you know, they're my favourite team. But Yeah. yeah. The, the, the thing that I take about this game is if you're a team that's on the outside from last year trying to get into the top eight, mm. these are the games you have to win because oh, yeah. the Tigers are in the same boat. And the Tigers sure. were only in ninth last year. The Dragons were fourteenth. Yeah. So if you're dropping a team to a team that was only two wins out of the eight when you were seven wins out of the eight, yeah, they're the ones you've got to not. You got to not pass got, for a start. You got to get past the teams that aren't in the top eight who are above you, <laughs> and yeah. then you got to rely on teams in the top eight dropping out. Sure. The road yeah. ahead of a team like the Dragons is and the Bulldogs, etc. It's just, it's just massive. It's not a case mm. of oh they've, you know they they've trained well in the offseason. Everyone trains well in the off season. Like, for sure, you've got you you've got so much that you have to do yourself, and then rely on from the teams above you going poorly to make it into the eight. Um, mm. I, I asked you last week if you had a top eight or you had a premiers or whatever. Not sure where you sat with that. Where'd you get up to with that, bud? Oh, look, mate. I I guess uh, I didn't really think about it too much. I, I've got an idea that that Canberra are going to be very hard to beat this year, yeah. especially when they get to full strength. Obviously. Um, Man, um, Melbourne will always be strong. Yeah. So you can put them in the, for me, in probably positions one and two. I, I feel, and not just because of the other night, 
uh, I feel the Roosters are probably going to be in third or fourth, and you can bracket them with Penrith. Yep. Um, I think uh, fifth will be the Broncos. Yep. Sixth, sixth position, I'm feeling will probably be. Um, <laughs> Is this a psychic session? South. <laughs> You got your little magic eight ball I'm, there. I'm uh, what will it be? <laughs> I'm picking. It's like like Kelly Poole. I'm picking numbers out of a hat. Uh, Souths. Yep. Souths is six. Six. Um, seventh. I will take. Um, who did I think? I'm of? thinking of I a didn't... team. I'm thinking of a team. I'm thinking of a team. No, nah, it's not the Tigers. Oh, the Tigers. wasn't that team? The, the Tigers are my eighth team. All right. Um, look. I'd love to say the Knights, but they're not making the eight. Yeah, um, I got him in twelfth. Yeah, who have I missed? Was uh, you got Manly? Mm. You've got uh, Parramatta. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna take um, I'm gonna take Parramatta. Okay, so Eels in seventh. Seventh, yep. So I I do have Manly and the Knights missing out. Oh, interesting. How who, who do you think just misses? I guess is my. Next question, obviously, you're going to have the Titans and Warriors down the bottom with the, probably the Dragons and Bulldogs, I'm guessing. Yeah, yes. Um, I think Manly are just going to miss out. Okay, so Manly in ninth. What about the um, Cowboys? Mm. Where, do you, where do you land on them? 11th. Okay. so Because I, t- I have the Knights in 10th. Okay. And then you got you got 12th, 13th, 14th, 15th, so 16th. So yeah. Well, I think I think the Bulldogs are going to unfortunately grab another spoon. Yep. Um, I think the Titans are second last. Yep. Then you got Warriors and Dragons. The Warriors, Warriors and Titans are probably going to finish even, and then the Dragons above those. Okay, so just to go through his teams in order, you got Canberra taking that minor premiership, or Melbourne. Yep. Uh, look, I can bracket him, but I've got to put them put them on the line. You know, I'll say Canberra. Okay, so he's got Canberra, Melbourne. Roosters, Penrith, Broncos, Souths, Eels, Tigers. That's Cocksmith's top eight. Cocksmiths. I can't even say it properly. How does it? How do, how do I say Smiths. it? Smiths. Cocksmiths. Smiths. Smiths. Top like eight. Smiths, rugby. That's your rugby <laughs> league top eight. That's what that is. Rugby league. Um, then you got Manly, Newcastle, Cowboys, Dragons, Warriors, Titans, and the Bulldogs getting the spoon. Who's making the grand final, mate? Uh, I'm gonna say. I'm, uh, and it's again. It's just from. It's hard to rate teams after one. Just week, let me stop I... people. Stop you for a second, okay? Now, mm. so everyone's aware, we're actually FaceTiming right now, okay? Mm. Cocksmith is laid down on his bed, all right, mm. and, it, and it looks like I he do is, have clothes on. He does. Yeah. Um, he dead set looks like he is trying to channel some psychic power as he comes up with the teams. It's hilarious. If I, I should be filming it, but because I'm, I'm covering every single base that I have in regards yeah. to recording this thing because of the issues we yeah. had at the end of last year, I can't do it. But mm. it is absolutely hilarious watching him close his eyes and just yeah. try and visualise who he's going to make the grand it. final. I'm going to give you a little advice. There's a force in the universe that makes things happen. And all you have to do is... Get in touch with it. Stop thinking. Let things happen. And be the ball. I'm going to say it's going to be Canberra and Penrith. Ooh. And who's going to win you the don't comp, want me to, I Really, you want me to pick a winner I out do. of those two? I do. Canberra. Okay. But don't be surprised if it's Penrith. Yeah, well, I think everyone <laughs> will be surprised if it's either of those teams. Um, yep. But that's, mate, It's it's been... 
it's been wonderful watching you work. Uh, Thank you. Through this. Uh, that's Rugby League <laughs> talked about. Rugby League has been a fabric of our society for hundreds of years. We've got a couple more things we have to get to, uh, mm. but hopefully you've enjoyed some pure Rugby League chat here on Not The Footy Show. We'll be back after the break with some uh, pretty amazing news that Cocksmith wasn't aware of uh, when we started the podcast. Not The Footy Show. Show? <laughs> Man, I hardly read newspapers or anything. That's why I use Terrible, Twitter, man. Huh? Twitter's the best thing in the world because it just catches me yeah, up. But yeah. Get yourself a burner account and just start <laughs> rat- rattling people. Start swearing and stuff. Like, go, break new ground, was. <laughs> it's not going to happen, mate. Not going to happen. Not going to happen. No, not going to happen. <laughs> not the footy show. Okay, we're back. It's not the footy show, episode 203. It's a pretty big number, that. Uh, Cocksmith. Uh, we got a couple of questions on Facebook by one of the uh, co-hosts of the show that just can't seem to get back on anymore. That's Mr. Dave Chapman. He's got two things for you. The first one is this captain's challenge. He was pretty scathing. Oh, yeah. He says, yep. what stood out to me in round number one was the captain's challenge isn't working. And it's not because the players are getting it wrong, but because the video referee is getting it wrong. Do you agree with that? Uh, I I didn't watch any games on TV, and it's hard. at the ground. You don't see it; they won't mm. play it on the screen, so you don't see what's happening. And I don't know why they do that. But at the ground, you do not see on the video. That's not surprising. What, that's not surprising okay. at all. That's, that's that's that'd be a directive for sure. So on TV, you, you do, I guess. Um, but I didn't see a captain's. I did see a captain's challenge in a trial somewhere. Okay. Um, I've got an issue with the captain's challenge. Yep, hit me. And, and, okay, my biggest issue with the captain's challenge and the whole bunker slash referee thing, and I'm not getting into bashing referees, okay, but yep. I think that I think the referees, if, if there's a captain's challenge, I think each team should be able to have, at the moment, they've only got one per half. No, it's one right? for the game. And if one you, get, for the game. you get it wrong, go on. I think it should be at least one per half per team. And I'd even go so far as to say two wow. per half. And I'll tell you why. Because I don't think the referees should be allowed to look at anything on the bunker except for the except for the try. They shouldn't be allowed to go back to the bunker for anything other than a try. Yeah. And the and the ball placement in a try. Or any fouls in a try. Um, because I think what the captain's challenge does is it puts the onus back on the team. Okay, now obviously we expect for the referees to get it right, yeah, because that's what they're there for. They're there to judge a game and get the most correct decision. Um, but I think what happens a lot of the time, obviously, as has been well talked about before, well spoken about before, is they lean on the bunker a little bit, which takes their confidence away a little bit, or it takes the practice of them making. Um, decisions under pressure away. So I think, and and don't get me wrong, I think most referees do a, a really good job, uh, a tough job that, yeah. that you know, most people wouldn't want to thank, do. It's thankless, really, let's be honest. Uh, of course, because you're always going to upset somebody. Yeah. Um, one t- side's going to, you know, be upset with your decision. But I think the two, I think if you, if you gave the, the captains, you know, one per half or two per half, It'll give them a little bit more. At the moment, you can see them, okay, they might have got something marginally wrong in their opinion. That's it for the game. Yeah. It's done. 
Well, the example of that, mate, was on fr- Thursday night. Regan Campbell-Gillard didn't think he'd knocked on. Yeah. The replay clearly showed that he just didn't control the ball properly yep. as he went to ground. Yep. And uh, what I loved about the commentary, I think it was Fatty, he goes, that's why you don't let props make decisions. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's, yeah. that's a really good... But he makes a good point because the captain is... What does he do? Does he back... You know, you can have 17 captain's challenges, all right, if you want to. Sure. But if the captain isn't taking the right course of action by believing the right player, we've seen it in cricket. You can have the video referral and a player's just so adamant this is what's happened and then he's proven wrong. Yeah. It's still yeah. on the captain. So I don't think it's a question of how many you have. Um, I I don't love the fact that it exists from the point of view of it adds another thing and this is something made, I think, point by Brad Fittler today. It adds another thing that the video ref can review, which again slows the game down and all the rest of it. He would prefer things being taken away from the referee like you, video referee like you just said. Um, I like the fact that, probably the thing I took the most out of the weekend, and this is to answer Dave's question, I didn't think they got many wrong. They may have got one wrong uh, across the weekend. I'm bracking my brain to think of what it was. I think it was a knock-on call. But I like the fact that a team doesn't get another chance if they get it wrong. That's the thing I like the most about the captain's challenge. because it You puts, like that they don't. I like that they don't because it proves realistically that if you've got it wrong, you can't sit there the rest of the match and say, oh, the referee got this call wrong, that's why we lost the game. I, mm. I think that, that level, and you touched on it earlier, the onus is now on the teams to get the call to challenge right, not just that the referee yeah. has to get the call right. And I like that mm. there's a bit of responsibility back on the teams and the captain. Mm. Mm. I, I look. I, I still believe that the captain. I still believe they should get one more call each. Um, I just don't think. I don't think it's enough. I think it's. Um, yeah, it, there, there's something that needs tweaking there. But I do like that. I do like it that that it's been brought in. I, I I actually do like the captain's challenge. I think it, it, it at least there's something in their pocket in case of what they feel like might be a howler. Mm. Um, you know. But yeah, they they obviously can't challenge the video referee though. So you know, if the video referee stuffs it up, they can't say captain's challenge because you know who's going to adjudicate that. The thing we'll see a lot more of as the year goes on, if the year goes on, is teams holding on to that captain's challenge for the last ten minutes when they need to sure. they're on their own line, regardless yep. of whether the decision's right, wrong, or indifferent. They will say, "Oh no, we got to challenge that," and. Mm. Uh, Another thing that was happening in the Manly game today, the Melbourne Manly game, um, Manly were on the attack. Poor old Dale Finnegan busted his head open again. And I just thought, this is why the best teams sometimes are the best teams. So he'd been taken off earlier, had his head stitched up and things put around his head and mm. headgear on. Came back on. It blew up again. Blood's gushing out. It's all over his jersey. But they're under, under pressure defensively. <laughs> the trainer comes out. And what the train does doesn't doesn't wipe the take the jersey off no. or he just give an HIA. No, 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 didn't even do that. He came off later. Yeah. Um, but what he did was he strapped over the blood with a bandage oh, yeah. that went round yeah. and round. Oh, for how long? And round <laughs> and round and round and 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 then it's World's like a, a minute goes by, a minute thirty goes by. Melbourne, nice and relaxed. Yeah, and then he would have ended up looking like a an Indian Sikh, wouldn't he? <laughs> it With was a turban. like it was just, and the commentators have seen it. I'll 
And I'm just like, this is this is classic. This is what the good teams know how to do. Um, yeah. And he ended up defending there, even though he had blood all over his jersey. The referee said, I'll play on, you can t- tackle someone. It was just... Who was it? Who was it on Thursday night, mate? Same thing. Was it Regan Campbell-Gillard? Did he get split? Someone got split, think. I think, on Thursday night or maybe at the Raiders game. And the referee did the blood bin symbol, the, you know, the, the, yeah. the, the hand thing. And the player just kind of moseyed back two or three metres. The, you know, the trainer runs out and takes a minute and a half to strap his head up uh, and play stop for that minute and a half. Mm. You know, I... Look, I do I do like this new thing about trainers not being on the field. I didn't notice it. I did. Did you? I did, and I liked it a okay. lot. Uh, I wasn't looking forward it's to it. It's one less fluorescent jersey on the field or <laughs> fluorescent shirt. Um, the other the other little point that you know I think someone like Fatty, you know how you were saying Fatty says you know front rowers shouldn't make those kind of decisions. Yeah. Last night at uh, at the Penrith game, I saw a winger pass to a winger. And I thought that in Penrith, I thought, who was it? Mansour passed to, who's the other winger? Not Crichton. Two. 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 Brian, two. 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 They passed to each other in the middle of the field. Watch out. And I thought, oh, no, here we go. Uh, yeah. But I think I've heard Fatty say that one before about the front rowers. Yeah. Uh, all good. Uh, the other question Dave had was around, I guess, uh, coaches now adding outside backs to benches. So we used to have the three forwards and maybe the hooker, sometimes the four yep. forwards. Now we've got the, um, some teams are going with two forwards, a hooker and an outside back. It's yep. got to be just because they're trying to cover off for HIA, correct? Yeah. I think, you know, if you've got an outside back like Alex Alex, Alex Johnson, for example, um, he's there probably for a little bit different reason than the others, yep. but Alex can play fullback, centre, wing, wing. Uh, yep. At a pinch, you know, you might be able to play him, you know, somewhere in the middle as well. But, um, yeah, I think you'll notice that the, the guys that they're putting on the benches are multiple position players. You know, you, you're not finding too many wingers on the bench, mm. um, even though Alex Johnston plays wing and as well. So but Stephen Crichton, who ended up playing fullback, and so did yeah, Michael Oldfield, and, who and, played. And, and did you see Stephen Crichton when he came Mate, and scored that try he did. in his first touch? I've got to be honest, I thought Caleb Bacon's actually didn't play too badly. He got yanked, and then Crichton comes on yeah. and a difference maker. It was hilarious. Um, yeah, well, this is, something, this, is something, this is something different this year that we're seeing a little bit. We from saw coaches, with Mitchell. We haven't even mentioned that. The Trail Mitchell pulled yeah. with 20 to go. Uh, 25. 25. He was pulled at 50, 56 minutes, so he yeah. had 24 minutes to go. Um He's probably still struggling a little bit for for fitness, I'd suggest. You know, mm. yeah, but geez, I'll tell you what, Benny has been defending him big time. The last two press conferences, uh, the first one was all about Latrell with a flag, yeah, uh, and then the last one that we've just had yesterday was um, this was the plan all about yeah, what's all about, yeah? Mm. Well, interesting. This is, this is the, the exact plan was to take my fullback off at fifty six minutes, yes, and replace him with another fullback who I didn't think was good enough to be on the team to, as a winger. To be the fullback <laughs> or the winger, exactly right. Um, Weird. Thanks for the questions, Dave. If you got more questions for us, hit us off on Facebook, facebookcom podcast. Uh, the big one though, we have to get to this story, and I know you're just itching to talk about it. Report mm. today that Channel Nine has dumped Ray Hadley from their commentary no. team for the rest of the year, even though he has a contract, but we know how good contracts are. What do you think about Bolts getting bolted out of Channel 9? 
Look, it's fashionable to hate Ray Hadley, and I don't hate him. Mm. I like him. Mm. I like him because I listen to him on the radio a little bit. If I'm not listening to a podcast, I don't, I don't mind Bolts. Um, yeah. uh, I don't think he's the greatest um, TV caller. I think he's a. I think he's probably the greatest radio caller. Agree with that. Um, but a TV caller is, he's a little too, uh, you know, hangs too hard on the descriptions for the TV guy. I guess some people would say he can't shut up. Um, <clears throat> and that's and I think people have been true. saying that for about the last hour and five minutes of us. But yes. I don't care. Um, <laughs> no, but you know what I mean? Like, I, yep. mate, I don't have a problem. I just didn't know about it. You shocked me before. Mate, when you I shocked the world from time to time. That's my new my yeah. new style, mate. What's, what's the reasoning? Is it because of well, Matt Thompson, coronavirus? Matt Thompson, mate. Is a quality caller, and he's he has seamlessly taken that two um, IC job at the at Channel Nine, and he's he also willing on that job. And he's also willing to travel everywhere that Ray Warren doesn't want to go, which, yeah. which is basically anywhere um, outside of the uh, Sydney CBD. Um, yeah. And that transitions a bit to what's happening at Fox Sports, which I thought was interesting. Is that we saw it happen a couple of times at the end of last year, but Dan Ganane is doing more commentary for Fox Sports. He did two games this weekend, I think, which is interesting because they introduced Brenton Speed last year into the rotation. Yes. Uh, you know, he's, Brenton Speed is like the shifter spanner of your toolkit he does. because he, yeah. he calls soccer, AFL, and rugby league, correct? Yeah, I think he does at Union as well. And Union. <laughs> wow. Has he called the dogs? I'm not sure. It might be he'll be able to call soon. Um, but the the interesting thing is, I think Andrew Voss's profile has gone through the roof in the last couple of years, which I think, in some respects, I'll be honest, is probably deserving. He's he's added something to his repertoire, Vossy, which I, I like. Um, there's a bit of showmanship there, and but there's also a I think a, a love of the game that really permeates out through him. And I know he's not everyone's cup of tea, but I like him. I think he's got enough of the the slight craziness, which is good. Um, and you obviously love him, judging by what you're doing right now. Um, I'm not a huge fan of speed. <laughs> you shouldn't say that while I'm laying on my bed, mate. People will start to think. That, <laughs> mate, oh, look, I don't really like Voss very you're much. You're killing me because I just did a pun that I thought was quality and you just went straight past it. I didn't. What did you say? Speed what? I didn't really like speed and just left it there. Like speed, as in, you know, disco biscuits. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was the best. You didn't thing even I had. know where Cavill Avenue was, mate. So you yeah, can't true. talk about that stuff. Um, but the big loser that I'm noticing in all of this, mate, yeah. Warren Smith. What's going on? The close talker. <laughs> the close talker yes. is not is not. He's no longer numero uno. Is he not doing Fox, it? Is he? But did he call any games? He this did. Oh, he did at least two. Yeah, I think he, he did. did the the. Yeah. He, oh, he did. May have done the season opener. He definitely did the Warriors game. I think he did that. I don't know if he did the two o'clock game today because I was watching Dan, the four o'clock game. Dan Ganane's, Dan Ganane's a good caller. Like you know, he is a good caller. The thing, the thing, the interesting little sidebar to all of this was mm. that they're saying that um, from next week or for four next week, um, they're going to call all of the games from a studio uh, rather than at a field. Well, Channel Nine did that today. Did they? Their whole team right. was. This, this, and this is the interesting thing about that that decision. I saw that. And went, okay, that's interesting. So Joey was in studio, Bracey was in studio, um, and yeah. Sterling was in studio with, with Thompson. Yeah. But their whole production crew was out there. 
Well, they have to. And that whole production crew is probably going to cross paths with the same people who would have commentated the game For over sure. the course of the week. Um, but, yeah, yeah it'll be interesting to see if Fox Sports do the same thing. I don't know if they were doing it from studio or not um, today. They may do it, obviously, from, from this week. There was another uh, trade uh, in the off-season, Cocksmith, that we have to cover off. Tony Chalmers? Well, what happened there? I saw him at the Nines. PC. So where's PC, he now? He's a Fox. He has gone to PC's, Fox. PC's been with Nine for 22 years. So he's definitely a Fox now, is he? Fox. Well, well, unless nobody knows about it, and he was there last night at Penrith working for Fox, he's working for Fox. Now, apparently, he and Steve Crawley did a deal. Okay. Yeah, because Steve Crawley's the head of uh, TV there at Fox Sports. Head of Fox Sports. I actually um, worked for him way back when. Yeah, right. I'd love by to work for him again. Sorry? <laughs> by the way, somebody, somebody, and it wasn't anybody at the NRL, somebody told me that there was a positive case of coronavirus from somebody that was in the NEP building. Wow, now, which is the where NEP the NRL's uh, digital arm is based. Where, well, where their bunker is. Now, I'm not sure if it was on the same level as uh, the NRL's bunker uh, and co. But And they hire some, a lot of equipment out of there from a production point of view as yeah. well. So somebody came back from a holiday. They were back for a couple of days, didn't wow. feel well, positive case of coronavirus at NEP. No one's talked about that yet. No. Maybe did I, did I just break some news? I think you broke some news. No, no one's going to well, get to it because it's a minute. It's an hour and ten minutes into the stupid podcast. Well, that, Danny White will still be listening to us. He'll be, he'll be throwing some darts. Loves yeah. the dart. Uh, speaking of uh, yeah. trades, there was a trade in the off season at Fox Sports. Oh yeah, go on. Uh, the Fox Sports uh, Foxes acquired Cooper Cronk. Uh, oh yeah, for a yeah. bag I of saw balls Cooper in Canberra and uh, Mark Gaznia who has gone to Touch Football Australia or Oztag or something like that. Mark Gaznia no longer at Fox, mate. The big Gaz. Wow. Mm. Okay. Now, I understand why they've got Kronk in, but Gaznia, he was a bit of a golden boy for a few years there, and I must admit I'm not going to miss his commentary. I think he's decent mm. in terms of when he's in the studio, um, but commentary, I just found it really hard to listen to him because he'd always mention that, and again, as I mentioned earlier, he just had all the, the, the catch cries that Fox loved to, to give to their newbies. Right. Um, yeah. But they brought Kronk in, and he was all over Fox Sports this weekend. He was everywhere. Was he good? Was he good? I watched enough to say that I didn't mind him. Um, yeah. I, I think there was... I didn't really watch a lot of the pre-games, um, but, mate, I think there's... He's a good voice to have a new, a new sound coming, I guess, from the, the combox. In your opinion, because you watch a bit of TV, I'm not saying you're a TV addict, but you watch a bit of TV, especially sports TV. Mm. Who's the worst player that's ever transitioned into um, into commentary slash sideline comments? Oh, gee whiz. Oh, Jason, you, Ta- Jason Taylor was bloody ordinary. You can't give me that, that question without notice because oh. I, I would love to do some research. Well, pick one. I'll tell you. A standout horrible one. Oh. Well, you know... With with due respect, there, there's currently a few that are on TV now that I can't stand. I'm not going to name them, but mm-hmm. let's just say I think I've referred to them a few times over the years on this show. Is uh, one of them Greek? I have no idea what you're talking about. Okay. Um, but I struggle with I struggle with the overproduced nature of of some current commentators. Um, 
just always referring to what they talked about before the game started and the game's a minute old. Uh, stuff like that that I really struggle with. In terms of the past, I used to hate, I don't hate the bloke, but I used to hate his style of commentary. Gary Freeman used to always talk about what teams should do. They should always go two passes wide. So I always referred to him as Gary Two Passes Wide Freeman because he'd always <laughs> say, the only thing this team has to do is go two passes wide and they'll score. Now... Mm. He sounded South African then. Go on. <laughs> I'm not sure what accent I was doing then. Yeah, I, uh, yeah, I wonder. I was doing the Gary Freeman. I mean, he's been, he's okay. been in a lot of places. Um, yeah. I thought Mario... now? I'll be Where honest with you, Mario wasn't too bad. Mario oh, yeah. filled a niche and he did a good job. I liked yep. Blocker when he did it uh, way back when. Um, mm. Fatty and Sterler will always be absolute favourites because of just the, the era that they started commentating. Yeah. In terms of bad ones, oh. I reckon, I reckon mate, why don't we, look, because I didn't give you any notice, yeah. why don't you, when you've got a few spare minutes, go back through YouTube and find some, and see if you can find someone that only lasted one game. Yeah. That would be gold. If you can find some, there's got to be some that, gold in those hills. Yeah, there will be. There yeah. will be. I'm sure there's some that only lasted a game or two and then, like Mal Meninga, pulled the plug on their their career on TV as, as he did with his career, political mate, career. I was just a person out there making sure that I was... Um, <laughs> I'm buggered. I'm sorry. He's, he's actually on TV a lot now. Um, of course. Indeed. Well, that's that's the big news, is that Ray's gone from Channel 9. Dan Ganain has jumped into the rotation to take games off Warren Smith. And well, if he, Prom- hold on. If Ray is still under contract, sorry to interrupt, hmm. if Ray's still under contract, does he get paid out? Well, that's the question. Does Channel 9 have the the money to do that? That's, I mean, Ray's not exactly struggling for a buck, so he's not going to die from that point of view. But And and Channel 9 also own 2GB now, so he's kind of still on the books. Hmm. It's an interesting one. Because you thought, yeah. yeah, anyway. So that's the big news. Uh, we have to wrap up the show, mate. It, after the sure. break, we are going to end up with our thoughts on the two evidently competing Simply the Best campaigns uh, from the NRL and Fox Sports. But we will be back after the break when Coxman's woken up here on Not The Footy Show. Not The Footy
We're back. It's not the footy show. 203. Rob Cox is talking with myself, Warwick Nicholson. We have wasted a good hour and 10 minutes of your life yep. so far. That's what we promise here on Not the Footy Show is wasted space. Uh, speaking of uh, space that has been used, though, to open the season, as short as it may be, the NRL went back to simply the best over the off season. We knew just through various contacts we had that was definitely coming. Um, it emanated with a ad that was about two minutes long, or a promo that was two minutes long that got cut down about a week later from the NRL. Mm. They got rid of some things and they relaunched it. At the same time, Fox Sports released a Jimmy Barnes version of Simply the Best, or they just call it the best. Cocksmith, you've seen both. Um, we haven't had a chance to really go through it. Um, we're not going to spend a heck of a lot of time, just the interest of time with the podcast, but what's your gut feel in regards to did did the game get it right forget whether fox sports or nrl got it right individually did the game get it right going back to this song yeah the song definitely yeah yeah the song's a cracker like yeah. it's great yep um as i've said to you in the past i think the other tina turner song was better but only because i like that ad that what you get is what you see uh, ad but I, mate, I think yeah, simply the best. Why not? I think it's a great ad. I think it's uh, I say, I think it's a great song. Yes. For the ad, um, yeah. To well, answer your question, yes, they got well, it right. When I was at the NRL, that was the one thing we. I think we went through Robbie Williams, uh, light it up. Yeah. Um, I can't even tell you. I don't think we had a song in 2016. My um, house, Bon Jovi. Oh Didn't yeah. Do that one. That was yeah. That was 2013. Um, I would have just love the opportunity to play in the sandbox of, of simply the best um, mm. when I was doing social there and did I, I ever tell you was I've yes. got a little story a little Ooh. war story Ooh. did I ever tell you like they, when they ran simply the best they ran it from 1990 to 1994 I think of that Four. 95 I think they, the last what year, was the I think year it was. what was the year Tina Turner was at the grand final that was 93 but then I that know that was my first grand final that I shot at it was, so I know that they definitely had it in. I'm pretty sure they had a 95 because there is a, yeah, because they had Canberra lifting the trophy as part of the ad. Okay, so so that whole ad that was done in 95, I was there on the shoots. Ooh, because I was working for the New South Wales Rugby League at the time. Yeah, um, they employed me to go and shoot behind the scenes photographs of the ad. Yep. Uh, and the ad was originally shot by a guy, uh, shot and directed by a guy called uh, 
it's an unfortunate, well, it's not an unfortunate name, but his name was <clears throat> Dick Marks. And he's a guy from Brisbane. Uh, uh, <laughs> why are you laughing? I just saw don't something funny on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, don't laugh. Look, no, but mate, this... <laughs> oh. oh, sorry, everybody. Uh, that's just, that's, that's juvenile. But gee, it's funny. <laughs> I can't believe you haven't mentioned this before. <laughs> I've been in bloody school again, Was Look, let me get to it, right? Uh, so yep. so I, I think it was about a three-day shoot. And, um, mate, there was all sorts of interesting things happening. They had a, a, a factory over at Alexandria that yep. had, like, chin-up bars and weight benches and stuff like that. And they had Brad Clyde on the chin-up bar. And yeah, definitely, definitely 95 because they had Western Reds and Crushers yeah. and all that sort of and, stuff. And one of, the, one of the real interesting ones was they had a, a, a um, I guess it was like a stage that had a glass deck on it and Rod Wishart kicked a, a kick from this, and they shot it from underneath, yep. up underneath. Uh, it, was, it was amazing. It was really good to see a, a really cool film set like that. Um, and, uh, mate, it took them three days to shoot it and there was fans and they had like little little um 20 20 or 30 fans but they made it look like there was 300 there yeah, yeah. you know in that in the block um yeah so that's um i never got to meet tina no so no she didn't i don't think she'd come back out she didn't come out of the country again after 93 so was that the year that that barnsey and tina no i think barnsey and tina may have been 92 i want to say 92 oh, 93 okay. i think right because she came out that that 93 performance with the the yep. bloke in the, um, the leather the as well. And yeah, that performance, that was, yeah, and she obviously lip-synced a lot of it. But that's all right. Mm. She had a, she still probably sung it, but they obviously piped through the yeah. the main song. Um, but yeah, definitely ninety five was the last year because that would have been that's when they transitioned to ARL, and then obviously we had the Super League thing happen. So um, yeah, it all yeah. fell by the wayside. But back to the <laughs> that's a great story, by the way. I'd love to see. It'd be interesting. Do you do you reckon you have any of the photos left? No, them? they'd be in the archive that the NRL's got though. They would be uh, if, they'd, if they'd been yeah. uploaded. That's the other part. No, no, they'd be. I shot a lot of it on on film, so okay. uh, it probably wasn't digitised. That's what I mean. But some so. of it would have been. Some of it yeah. would have been. But yeah, that's oh, cool. Um, in terms of the ads themselves, as I said, I, I think they're good. Uh, something. What that, do you like about them? Hmm. What do you like about them? I like the fact that it's it's harking back to what I think is the most powerful thing in league, which is your memories your memories of, of what it was like to be young and naive in how you followed the game. Um, I think that has a real influence on and a positive influence on how you see rugby league. I think if you entered rugby league now, you'd struggle to really get into it. And it's something that I'm, I'm observing with my nephew. He really, in the last 12 months, he's 14, um, he's liked the Raiders because I like the Raiders and I've bought him Raiders gear and stuff like that over the years. But this last year or so has, has been his introduction. And I, 
what I'm seeing in him is not too dissimilar to what I went through where I was a youngster and Canberra were good. So I grand finals every year and I got into it and my brother was a big um, Tigers fan. So we loved rugby league, but he's being lucky in that Canberra are good when he's decided to follow them. And I think that has a, has a bit of an influence. And this is why simply the best is I think a really good choice in the way that they've done the ad to a degree is that they've shown what you went through as a kid for a yeah. lot of people. Um, which was that this was something that you definitely pull out of that that growing up period, even if you're a little bit older. And I think they've done well to capture that. What I what I think that they've fallen down a little bit, and I know people that have worked this campaign, so I just want to be honest in regards to something that I think the NRL is hamstrung by is that, and I experienced this firsthand when I was there, is that they try and be everything to everyone in yep. a 30-second or a one-minute ad. And I think that's really hard to do. And that is something that I think Simply the Best does a really good job of is that because it hits that emotional uh, beat, that heartstring with people, that you immediately go back into a happy place. And that's why yeah. I think it's such a great um, song and it's a really good choice as a campaign. Um, and I'll be honest with you, I don't think Fox quite captured that as well I think it was more because it was Jimmy and I'm not uh, Jimmy's just older and I don't think the song had the same oomph behind it that the Tina version did and I think that's where I would say that the whole thing is good but I don't think it's great and whether that meant you had to get Tina involved I know she's quite old now but as I said, I think it sits in the good category, but it doesn't sit in the great category. And I think where it, it struggles a little bit is that they didn't quite go down the exact formula that had worked before, which is that players being a little bit playful. I think yep. that's the, that's probably the mark that I think they missed. Um, they went with a bit more of the, you know, the steely kind of look, the, you know, I'm preparing yep. for it all. Whereas those old ads, they had something in there which was the players are doing that, but they're having a great time. And maybe you needed Tina in that environment to make it happen. Maybe that was just a, uh, you know, capturing that moment way back when. But that's probably the area that I think there wasn't that playful element of um, we're having a great time being part of the game as opposed to yeah. we're preparing for the game. And I think that's if that's the biggest thing they missed, I think it's that. Mm. Yeah, look, go, just looking back at the, I mean, I didn't really like either ad. Yeah. I didn't hate them. I just didn't really, I didn't really, uh, that neither of them captured me very much. Whereas, you know, and I'm showing my age here a little bit, but the 89 and 90 ads I loved. Yeah. Um, you know, because in 89 and 90, I was, a, I was, I was still playing football then and, and it felt like, Oh, I don't know. They're just very nostalgic to me, you know, and I, I love those campaigns. The campaigns initially were to, um, you know, obviously sell a little bit of sexiness about yep. rugby league players um, to 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 women. Yep, um, definitely. To involve more women as supporters and whatnot. Um, <clears throat> but these ads had a different kind of agenda. I feel, um, you know, we can't sell we can't sell sexy players anymore because it's not PC. Um, so they tended to take a little bit, in my eyes, a bit more of a political mm-hmm. uh, turn. Yep. Uh, and I, I just don't like it when politics and sport meet very much. Yeah. Um, I think that one is a, 
one is a, a very kind of domineering, uh, not domineering, but one's a very um, dark kind of a pastime politics, yep. and the other one's a happy thing, you know. Um, but hey, obviously, some people uh, at, at headquarters thought that it was the right message to send out, and and who knows, it, it may have may well have been. Um, I um, the, the the Jimmy one for Fox. I know that was shot very quickly. They, mm-hmm. they didn't have much time. It was yep. quite rushed. Uh, I got asked to, to help with that one, and I couldn't do it because I was booked on something else. Yep. But I know that it was a very short call time. It was a four-hour uh, shoot, for, yeah. which is you know quite quick. And you can see it from a production level that it was quite quick, uh, quickly put together. Yep. I, but, look, it looked more like a, um, to me, like a, a rugby league commercial. Yeah, with the, um, I liked the the imagery that they put into the rising dust yeah. and that stuff. That was yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah. Look, I, but hey, you know what? The song choice. We go back to the song choice. Doesn't bother me too much whether Jimmy's singing it or Tina. Although I do prefer the Tina one. Yeah. Um, it's just a great song, and it's a great song for rugby league. And I and I think that uh, Arthurson and Quayle back in the day really pulled the right rein. Uh, when they got that song involved in rugby league, because no matter what happens from here on in it, it'll be forever remembered as uh, you know a rugby league song, which is great. You know. So. Final point on that from I think purely, and you say it's a production element, but one of the greatest sounds, and I touched on it on the last week's show where I this is the intro, but the sound of that plane landing into the oh yeah into the really slow that. To me, is almost as powerful as when she's belting out "Simply the Best." Oh yeah, and totally. And on the NRL totally. ad in particular, they didn't have that lead in. They jumped mm. straight into her singing, and yeah. I know that in this day and age, where and I know this working in social, I got to get get it out really short and sharp and get right to the point and don't lose your audience. But to mm. me, that little fifteen seconds, the little build, yeah, it's yeah. just it makes a huge difference, and and that's where I think if I'm going to be critical of the way that the NRL gets put together, it starts with a TV screen with a little kid. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, I'm not jumping into that. That's not something mm. I'm not, I'm not immediately going, that's rugby league. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that yeah. to me is where I'm talking about trying to put too many things into one ad. They're trying to play yeah. the whole, oh, he's like a little kid when he was here. And I'm like, no, just start me off with Tina. You don't care if it's archival vision of her just tapping the toes. Yeah, you know. Well, look, mate. This goes back to what we discussed um, away from doing the podcast. Is that unfortunately a lot of the stuff at, at NRL uh, at headquarters is decided by committee, mm. and there will have been someone that would have thought that the little girl and the TV would somehow uh, evoke emotions from people, um, and there would have been a checklist. There would have been a checklist. Um, of probably 10 or 12 things mm. that needed to be ticked off um, to, you know, for a successful, um, you know, what they would have deemed to be a successful ad. Um, so, look, uh, I uh, I feel sorry for the people at the NRL because quite often things can't be, there can't be too many uh, decisions made unless it's a, a committee, um, yeah. you know. So it's pretty hard to get a lot done. A lot of the time, I know that they get through a lot of stuff at the yeah. NRL. I'm not, I'm not, you know, trying to head kick or anything like that because I can only uh, look at, look from the outside looking in at that that level. But um, yeah, committees and subcommittees and you know juries and 
we all know the pain of those kind of things. And I'm sure so, there were focus groups. I'm sure there were focus groups. In the yeah, show. yeah. But, uh, you know, despite all that, they got a good ad out. Yeah, they and, did. An ad, an ad that we could probably both agree passes the, passes muster uh, with a great song behind it. So There is one uh, challenge that comes out of all this, though, Cocksmith. Mm. You've used up the simply the best bullet. Oh, yeah, what yeah. What do you yeah, use next? A, well, I think you've got to... Uh, look, it's hard, you know, because... Again, I'm I'm of a, an older generation, and and it, but there was a, there was an ad recently um, in the last four years anyway that Fox had mm. that I thought was one of the better rugby league commercials, and that was the um, the Indigenous rapper guy. Um, I can't remember his name, um, but I think the song was called My House or um, Our House or something. My House. I'll send it. I'll send it to. Yeah, you. yeah. It's, a, it it's a re- it's a really good one. Uh, um, yeah. Uh, and it was shot beautifully, and the footage of it to it was superb. So, I don't know. Do you go with an old song or a new song? I That's said it. to you. I said to you in the break before. I, I always thought uh, "Hit Me with Your Best Shot" by Pat Benatar would have been a great song. Um, do you use "What You Get Is What You See" again? I, we, I, I would. Do we go backwards. Hey. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I um, would. But look, there's plenty of great songs out there that can be used. I think it's. I think the trick with the ad is, you know. Getting people's emotions and a slight little bit of nostalgia feeling, uh, without going down the political path too hard, you know. But and I uh, think keeping it simple, one of the beauties of doing that is it's very rewatchable. Sure. And yeah. and if you're trying to pack all this stuff into your ninety seconds or your thirty seconds, mm. people just go, "Well, that's nice," mm. but they don't go, mm. "Let's watch that again." Yeah. And that, yeah. that, when you're talking about things that, that you and I are involved in, and that's storytelling as far as I'm concerned, is how can I tell them a story that they want to see again, that they sure. come back for? Um, yeah, and it don't, you don't have to tell someone the whole story. No, because that's the you beauty know, of the is... season. The season, well, hopefully a season. But yeah. that's the beauty of the season is how is the season going to go? How is the story going to continue? Yeah, but, but if you're like me, you find yourself sometimes getting on YouTube and, and watching those ads again from the 90s. Um, what sells you on them? I mean, that's that's the question. What? Why do you keep going back and looking at them? Is it purely nostalgia, or is there something in there that triggers you? That I think uh, that has like? a huge part. But that's the thing: nostalgia on any level, sporting, culturally, it it hits us in the heart. Mm. Not just in what kind of looks cool, and cool is huge. Don't get me wrong; cool is what mm. sells oh, these definitely. days. But yeah, you've got to you you can't ignore the fact that there are things that have formed people's opinions of things or their, their favoritism towards things and you you got to feed that and rugby league we we heard Philandis talk about it earlier today you know mm. rugby league is part of that Australia Australia without rugby league is not Australia is what he said which is a pretty yeah. big like slogan but yeah. the fact is rugby league has that bit in people that is just you just got to remind me a one or two good reasons why I like this game and you've yeah. got me. You've got yeah. me back because yeah. you can have a thousand people that'll say, oh, I'm never coming back to rugby league. This, this, I'm not renewing my, I'm not going to renew my membership and all. But then their team wins and it's like, oh, I love the game again. Oh, yeah. You know? And the amount of people, I've got a really good mate, uh, a good friend of mine who's uh, a journalist and the amount of times he says to me, I'm not watching rugby league again. And two weeks later, I'll say to him, mate, did you see that? Yeah, did you see that forward pass in the Titans game? He'll go, oh, yeah, I couldn't believe it. I'm like, yeah, hold on. I thought you weren't watching rugby league anymore. 
He's like, yeah, you got me, all right. Yeah, yeah but look, it, it comes and goes, but it is a, a mainstay of our of our uh, autumn and winter lives, you know. So, um, yeah, it's um, but the ads the ads to me are, are kind of like time markers, mm. if you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, like we we're saying before about the songs, you know, that's my team. Um, yeah, what you get is what you see. Uh, blah blah blah. So, Chumba um, Wumba. Chumba Wumba. <laughs> Tom Jones yeah, no, are crying out loud. At least you rem- Okay, I'll put one more name here. When yeah. I say Billy Thorpe, do you think rugby league? No, I don't. He did the Friday nights, a great night for football. That's <laughs> right. That's right. And that, that, like, yeah. that to me is that's the early nineties. What did. about Billy Idol? Do you think about him when you think of rugby league? I was there that night, mate. I just went for some power. And nothing happened. It's one of the great nights. Oh, mate, they had everything. They had Steve Stevens on stage. I was ready for Steve to, you know, melt my face off with some guitar playing. Yeah. And, uh, and the hovercraft came out, and then nothing. Yep. Nothing. Duck egg. Good night, mate. We've got to wrap this up. That's episode two hundred and three. Uh, it's been a, a bonzer one. We've made up for no cocksmith last week. Uh, we've got you've got an hour and a half at least, kids, if not longer. So uh, hopefully hey, that's been by, enough. By the way, do you want to do dinner Wednesday night? That sounds good to me. I would love to eat Wednesday for the night. first time yep. in six months. Um, All right, let's do it. <laughs> that sounds good. That's been Rob Cox. You can follow him uh, Instagram at Rob Cox R O B B C O X Twitter. He uses it all the time, but he doesn't promote the fact that but he I watch. does. But I watch a bit of it. But he I watches it. He's on the, it's the same address. I'm uh, yeah. at NRL Tweet on Twitter, uh, and you can follow me on Instagram if you want, but, you know, it's just W Nicholson. Um, pretty exciting stuff. That's lots of sunset and fish, basically. Uh, speaking of which, went again. Didn't catch a lot of fish, but had an amazing time at Dippery. Oh, mate, you got to come up one day. The Dippery Lodge. Mate, I'm, I'm aching to get up there, actually. Yeah, um, we need to talk about shooting a commercial up there or something. We'll, we'll go up and have some fun. I don't we will. Know. We'll do something. We will. Right. Uh, you can get us on Facebook, facebook.com slash podcast. We're on Spotify. We're on iTunes. We're on YouTube now. I'll do a little cut-down version of this uh, that you may or may not enjoy, and I'll be doing some more things just on YouTube as well. And, mate, that's been a pleasure. Look at that. I think this is just, you know, I'm sitting here looking at you with your Princess Leia headphones on. Mm. Um, and we've done a decent job. I think people Did won't have job. hated. They won't have hated this episode. Good, good. That's what we want. Well, hopefully we'll be back uh, sooner than uh, State of Origin time. Yeah, that'd be good. And hopefully the rugby league as well. Week uh, we'll yep. speak to you next time on the footy show, everyone. Cool. Talk to you soon. Pep, set. Not the footy show. Um, rugby league has been a fabric of our society for hundreds of years. It's people's escape. It's people's relaxation. And we need to do everything in order to continue that great uh, tradition of... Why did they go with simply the best? What you get is what you see is the best rugby league song of all time. It's pretty good. I do love simply, though. And I would have thought Hit Me With Your Best Shot by Pat Benatar would have made a good one, too. Not Chumbawamba? Nah, nah. Thomas Keneally? It's too too English. Thomas (laughs) Keneally? A poem. That was the year I wasn't in the country, mate. I have no idea. They just blow that whistle where I thought it was.
Anyway. Poems at 10 paces. We go to the cupboard, we take out club colours, and the air sings, the season's close. The pads are going on goalposts, new lines are being marked. Coaches hold heart-to-hearts with old stars and new kids who might one day wear the best of all colours, the green, the gold. Our boys are running up sand hills, their legs pump. This season, this season, this is our season. This year, we all start equal. Kids paint signs, and I'm seven again. I know I'll see heroes soon. I feel the excitement. I have hope in March, and I might share in the glory of September. Blow that whistle, ref. Send that ball soaring. Blow that whistle, ref. Let's let's finish this bad boy up. That's my team. Not the footy show. Show. Pepsi.